Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We got an NBA pod on tap for you. The NBA uh, hot stove, as it were, is bubbling over with activity. There is so much popping in uh, the offseason. And, you know, the NBA, this league, is turning into a year-round league. They don't let you take a breath. They do not let you take a breath. It's true. It was like during Wash. Wash was tweeting stuff during the post game like uh, about the the front office move. <laughs> yes, like that, right. ha- that happened during like the trophy ceremony I mean, it's you true don't, you don't get a take and even zero a, days a off friend. zero no days off zero days off and on to and to top it all off we are entering the most dynamic the most uncertain the most exciting nba off season of my lifetime I mean, maybe the, the uh, maybe, LeBron, maybe, maybe the LeBron James going, the LeBron James going to the Heat the first time. What's that? I mean, that was like a TV special. I mean, that, yeah, that was but, the first, like, I mean, but the, oh, the pomp and circumstance around that, that was, yeah, that I mean, was, that's that, that you'll was never so forget dumb. that off season. It was stupid, that's true. but you'll that's never true. forget it. That's so, true. But, but, no, you're right. But, yeah, you're right. That, that, it's wild. Yeah, that one that one tilted the balance of power so much in the East that it wasn't as much fun as as this offseason where you literally like the West is wide freaking open. The Eastern Conference is going to be completely turned upside down besides the Bucks. It's like it's it's gonna be so fun. So uh without further ado, let's welcome our guest today. We have an NBA, a guy, a guy who I look to, who I talk to on the side as often as I can to get a finger on the pulse when it comes to what is going on through media circles, through insider circles. He is uh, a a media darling in the uh, Boston uh, sports talk radio landscape, host of the 98.5's Over Under podcast. Welcome to the deep dive, Dan Lifshatz. What's going on, fellas? Glad to have... uh... Glad to be on. First time in a while, huh? Yeah, this is is outstanding to get to talk to you. Um, You know, it's, it's... I. I, first and foremost, I owe you a, a, a debt of gratitude and a debt of thanks. You know, through the years, you've been probably among the most, if not the most, reliable source for uh, for what's going on in the league when we've kind of talked behind the scenes. So, thank you for uh, you know for for being a, a willing uh, you know a willing participant in the back and forth and the information loop. Because uh, when it comes to the NBA, uh, information is uh, is where it is at uh if you it's don't have blood. your finger on it's the lifeblood if you are if you don't have your finger on the pulse of what is going on you are in deep trouble you are over your head trying to cap this league uh and uh so it's great to get you on you, and talk do you a think little it'll NBA. be a few years yet before we it's no longer wash bombs and it's we've, we've, it's we've, uh I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what we got? Chats bombs? I don't know what this. Chats bombs. We'll have, I like we'll that. To, we'll I, to, I like that. We'll have to workshop that. I, I think that works. I mean, listen. I don't want. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, here, boys. Let's uh, let's not call me Woj. Yeah, you know, I, I like to. I like to sprinkle things around, mix it up a little bit, pass a few nuggets here and there, and you know, kind of piss everyone off. Everyone off on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we, we appreciate you. We appreciate the uh, the hard work you're doing, and uh, congratulations on the success of uh, uh, your podcast blowing up, especially up in the uh, the Boston market. Uh, I listen to it regularly. I appreciate all your insight. And uh, let's talk some NBA. Uh, what do you think's going oh, yeah. on in Boston, man? What is going on in Boston? Well, uh, mass, mass exodus. I mean, I don't know really what you want to call it at this point. It's bad. We, I mean, listen, 
we've gotten you and I, we've, we've been talking for a while. Everyone has kind of known that Kyrie has been gone. And I, we, a lot of people have been talking in the circles really have thought he's been gone since last year, which is kind of why it was surprising when he said, Oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Everyone was like, Oh, shit really like you're you're actually coming back like that's that's really gonna happen all right cool uh that's not what we heard but that's fine well obviously that wasn't the case and this year from the Celt, you know this Celtics season was just hell i mean pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong and honestly you know between gordon hayward you know brad basically forcing him in every game which you know as we kind of heard from jay today from jackie mcmullen was really the start of all the issues. Yeah. So we had Gordon Hayward. We had Terry Rozier being pissed off about the fact that, you know, Kyrie Irving was playing over him, which is, by the way, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Kyrie Irving is like a second team NBA guy, and Terry Rozier is a guy who had like a nice playoff run. But whatever, nonetheless, <laughs> then you have Jalen Brown thinking he's the big swinging dick in the room. He's the smartest guy ever. And listen, I like Jalen as a talent, but just, he pissed a lot of people off this year. And there's J- Jason Tatum, who I think has quietly kind of escaped all the criticism this year. Yeah. I think that he was a bit more of an issue than people really know. I don't think that Tatum long-term will be an issue, but he was this year. He was. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's, that's not an issue. And, of course, you mix all that crap up with Kyrie fucking Irving. And yeah. the guy who literally <laughs> changes his mind every 30 seconds, his attitude is up and down. And, you know, he's a wild card, man. And so at this point, you know, it kind of all blew up. Al Horford couldn't get through to him. Marcus Smart couldn't get through to him. He hated the young kids. You know, he he was the one who wanted to come to Boston. And honestly, he, he screwed it up. You know, they're done. Kyrie's gone, whether it's to Brooklyn, has kind of has been widely reported, or whether it's to the Knicks with Durant still, which I think is still a possibility. You know, if Durant ends up in New York, I still don't want to say that, you know, he's not going to be there. I still think it's possible, despite of what everyone has kind of said. You know, Al Horford is gone. And, and that's that was your kind of like, that was your guy. That was your main rock, baby. And he's gone. And if Horford is gone... You know the changes are coming. You know the sweeping changes are coming. And Horford leaving, which to me is a Celtics front office thing. Like, to me, from what I can kind of gather, is that they could have had him back. It was the money. It was the money that, you know, they didn't want to pay him. And so what I think they're going to do is they're going to go down a youth road. But no no matter what way you try to spin it, it was just a fucking terrible year to be a Celtics fan or... You know, to watch this team, to try and even enjoy basketball. If you were a Boston, you were, lived in Boston, and you had to watch the Celtics every night, your life sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially in the shadow of what they did last year, which was so exciting and so cool. You know, it was like they they they, they miraculously, you know, with all the injuries, still made it to the to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. That was so cool. You know, a healthy K word, a healthy Kyrie, they probably make the finals last year. Uh, and you know, then maybe the, maybe everything plays out differently. So it is tough to see it. Um, and there's been a lot, a lot of revisionist well, that, history. That, yeah, that run bashing well, that, this, this year. That so run kind of dick. Yeah, that kind of dicked them with the expectations because it was such a off. 
just an off yeah, the wall run. Was, right, well, right. Well, I mean, in just what week, happened in a weak transition. In a week, yeah. yeah. The East is weak. They didn't, you know, with the roster they put out there, how far they made it with that roster. And I mean, I don't live in Boston, but I'm sure the general sentiment was like, oh shit, boys, we made the ECF. We've got, you know, Kyrie's LeBron's coming gone. back. Every, LeBron's gone. Everybody, we're, we're healthy again. Like, uh, we we probably just win the East, right? And then, if yeah, if you're a Boston fan, maybe, you know, the expectations being that high is what made it hurt so much because, yeah, yeah. super disappointing season. And granted, like, the, the East got super tough in a hurry with the, the Bucks, you know, doing what they did and then uh, Kawhi going up to Toronto. Yep. Sixers, like, too. Sixers, yeah, another, yeah, Sixers, Sixers, a full year of health out of Embiid. Yeah. No, no, okay. So let me, uh, let me, let me address one thing real quick, which I think is interesting that's been going around in the last 24 hours. Because sure enough, you nailed it on the head. Horford is gone. That was an organizational decision. They could have come up with the money to keep Al Horford there. Clearly, he wasn't intending to lead, leave once Kyrie was gone. I think you probably could have convinced, you know, for the right you know, dollar signs amount, you could have convinced Horford to stay. Um, but, yeah, they pivot now and they go with the youth movement. They have picks to do it. They have, you know, they have the, they have the coaching staff, presumably, to develop some of their young talent. Um, and they, but there's a lot of questions as to what they do here with, you know, filling out their roster. Um, I want to address, though, real quick, the revisionist history about the Danny Ainge decision-making. Um, yes, he did not make uh, a deal for Ka- Kawhi last year that, in hindsight, would look that looks laughable. Uh, yes, uh, there was a lot of chips on, pulled onto the table and put into the middle intending to get Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is now in Los Angeles. You know, there, yes, uh, you know, there were a lot of um, things in hindsight, you know, putting your chips in a basket with Kyrie Irving, who we now understand to be a pretty unstable dude, uh, you know, is, is a questionable decision. Uh, all of these things are true, but I don't really know what Danny really could have done differently. We exist in a league where if you don't have Durant, if you don't have LeBron, if you don't have Kawhi, if you don't have down and now, if you don't have Giannis, I don't know how you're winning a championship. I just don't know. When it comes to a seven-game series, you need an A-plus alpha, you know, who is going to, you know, take you to uh, the take you across the finish line. And and Danny Ainge did such a masterful job of accruing Nets assets that you know it was almost like the other GMs in the league really weren't going to give him a fair deal, a fair shake. And he, you know, I feel like he was frozen out a little bit. Uh, just out of spite because of how good that Nets deal was. And now they sit here and they look around and they're like, well, Kyrie Irving was our best hope at getting an A-plus superstar. Even that deal was a freaking steal. A freaking steal. Isaiah Thomas and what the num- ended up being like, what, the number eight pick overall? I mean, get out of town. Like, that yeah. is an incredible Colin deal Sexton. for Kyrie. Yes, yeah. Exa- yeah, exactly. For Colin Sexton, who sucked. I mean, Colin Sexton was, was, was the worst player in the NBA this year that played meaningful minutes. But period. Period. He was awful. Anyway, uh, all this, you know, what, what is what is kind of the temperature on Danny Ainge? Is, do people understand and respect all of this? Do you get the sense of the, the other GMs kind of freezing him out on a, on a potential uh, trade? Is it, Was that something that, you know, was actually real or is that just a, my perception of things? I think that's more of your perception. I, I, do, I do think there is a little bit of reality to that. Listen, I mean, when it comes to Davis, and we'll kind of start there. You know, when it comes to Davis, the minute that David Griffin got hired by the Pelicans, you heard all Celtics fans go, 
all the Celtics got this shit in the bag. <laughs> you know, David, you know, Davis and Danny had this relationship. It goes back to Phoenix. There's a Griffin and Danny had this relationship. It goes back to Phoenix. You know, I know Davis doesn't want to come here, but we'll make it work. We're the Celtics. And what I think people really, you know, lack in their understanding is that Griffin's a LeBron guy. Always has been, always will be. And, you know, I think that was kind of really <laughs> understated. And I, the minute that Griffin got hired, my first thinking was not, oh, Danny's relationship from five years ago is really going to help him. My, you know, my first thought was, oh, fuck, they're screwed. Like, this, yeah, he's, go, he's going deal. away. And, you know, what turned out to be is that I don't really think the Celtics really got in on it because of the fact that Kyrie Irving isn't going to be there. And I think that that's yeah. pretty clear. But, yeah. you know, what? But when it comes back, you know, when you, when you want to go back, and we'll, go, we'll kind of go back to Kawhi, you know, Danny Ainge is getting ripped for not making the Kawhi trade. And if you want to rip Ainge about something, go at That's the thing. I, I'm okay with you ripping him about that. Do you, if you, you know, you want to say, you know, say that he should be fired or some shit, you know, we don't really have anything to talk about because that's bullshit. If you want to rip him for, <laughs> rip him for Kawhi, I get that. Like, I do. I, I really do. But the fact is that how many other GMs had the chance to make the trade for that guy and didn't make it? I mean, the Raptors yeah. were in a no-win situation. You know, they're looking up at the Boston Celtics saying, you know, that team is loaded. And again, this is going into the season. That team is loaded. We're not beating that team without a superstar like Kawhi Leonard. You know, the Bucks, who, despite the fact that the media didn't really love, everyone in the NBA was kind of like all about that team. And, you know, we, we said it actually when we did the over on our podcast, like, who's the team you look for coming out of the East? And we kept saying, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. That's the team that should scare the shit out of you. You know, that team is going to be good. They're better. They have a coach who isn't a complete utter buffoon, like, you know, who can actually do some shit. So Toronto had, it was basically just like they have no, they have no other, you know, they really want to be good. They have no other choice. They have to make that trade. And honestly, there's no risk to it. What, you're going to lose DeMar DeRozan? Like, boo fucking who? Like, it just, it doesn't matter that much. And, you know, listen, I like Paul Oh, he's a nice kid, but like, you're not really losing much. So you take the risk on losing DeRozan, which is not going to get you anywhere to get a guy, a guy like Kawhi Leonard. It's a slam dunk home run. So while we all want to give him a sigh, all, you know, all the credit in the world, like, I think we do kind of need to relax on that a little bit because it was just a no-brainer move for the Raptors. And clearly, you know, the Spurs were holding out for more because they had been trying to get players for a while. And that trade had been on the table for, like, a good three weeks, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah. So that, that was that. not like something – you know, that's not something they were like, oh, let's, let's immediately take this deal – you know, they were, they were sitting on that for a while, hoping for something better, and they didn't get it. So, you know, it, it really comes down to the fact that, yeah, if you want to rip Danny for not giving up Jalen Brown, which in hindsight looks terribly stupid, I get that, <laughs> and that's totally fine. But <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty, boys, you know? Like, sure, sure. You know, oh, yeah. everything, everything now looks great. And so I think that, and, and I'll take this from my buddy Jimmy Stewart, the Celtics window opened and shut when Gordon Hayward broke his leg. So they had about yeah. a five-minute window, and that was it. After that, I mean, they were kind of done. So to put this on Danny Ames, like, what – to me, I still don't understand what, the, what you could have possibly wanted that guy to do better. He stole Kyrie Irving for nothing, and basically we've heard the quote, like, you know, if they traded for Kyrie, or Danny knew once they traded for Kyrie, you know, if they lost Kyrie Irving, it wouldn't cripple the organization. 
but that if they made the trade for Davis, they knew it would. And if he left, and, and they knew it would. So that's different. Yeah, they got right. Kyrie Irving for nothing. I think Thomas yeah. was not, you know, not not that type of player. So you got to look at it from my perspective. The self yeah. He also picked. Uh, he also picked uh, picked the Sixers' pocket, <laughs> switching out, switching picks, yeah. and taking Tatum, and giving letting them take Mark. You know, let them t- take Fultz, who's you know may not ever see a meaningful minute of yeah. basketball playing. His and life. That, that, the Masai comment. I mean, that makes total sense too. And you don't want to take away like, oh, he's he's just an idiot, and anybody could have done that. But like when you look at it from that point of view, the way that you know Dan posited it, that's like, well, yeah, he's a Finals MVP, and Otherwise, we're just not going to compete in the East at all. Like we yeah, should, right. we should do this. We should do this move now. Like yeah. <laughs> when you put it that way, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like this. Uh, this genius that put together this team because honestly, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a ton of moves. Honestly, I'm, he made I'm some more, other. He made <laughs> some other nice moves. <laughs> no, I, I think did, getting Gasol. Getting Gasol was pretty big. Gasol was nice. I guess I'd be more. I'm more impressed with the. Everything the Bucks did to put that team draft, together. Drafting Van Vliet was pretty big. I'm not sure if Masai drafted Van Vliet, but that was a nice draft pick. Yeah. And, and, you I mean, know, should we, knock, yeah, do, should right, we segue yeah. up to Toronto then? Like, what, yeah, what happens? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, do they go should. from Perfect first, segue. To, first Perfect to 10th in the East? Do the Kawhi-less Raptors win a playoff game as the eighth seed against the Bucks next year, Dan? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean... Uh, you know, is, is Giannis taking a fucking vacation during the first round? I mean, <laughs> other, other than that, man, I mean, not, I don't think so. Like, I, no, I really yeah, don't. I'll, 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 phrase, I'll phrase a more realistic question for you. Um, we were talking about this when we were prepping. What do you think a reasonable market right now is for Kawhi staying uh, in Toronto versus going to the Clippers? If I, I threw a number out talking to Andy, and I was like, I'd make it like 60-40 he leaves, goes to L.A. Do you think that that's fair, or do you think is there there's value on on going to LA at that price? I gotta be honest with you. I think that even at seventy thirty, I'd probably still take LA. I, I, just, I, I think that Kawhi, and we've we've been told this, every, you know, every step of the way, he's just a different guy, man. Like he yeah. wants to win, yeah. he wants to celebrate, but. He's just he, – he's like Kyrie Irving, but opposite almost. Like, he's not crazy and fucking wild in the media. He's, like, more reserved and different kind of, like, you know, an introvert. He's just – he's a different kind of guy. I just think he wants to be where he wants to be. I think he had a, you know, fun year in Toronto. He's called an experience. But, honestly, I, I don't see him staying. And it sucks because I kind of think he's good for Toronto. I think he's good for the league, in, you know, in Canada because the league – I mean – Dude, they had like oh, I think it was like forty percent of the country watched the finals. Which yeah, is massive. Wow. Like, like that's huge. That's a huge fucking number to like expand the NBA. What so was that? Did, did you see that? Did, did you see that pizza tweet? Like eight percent of the country was at the parade. <laughs> that's fuck, I mean, that's fucking wild. <laughs> they yeah, like they so cooked crazy. all the people in the fucking. Day. <laughs> I mean, that's what? that's and that's another story, man. That's that's just crazy. But, like, yeah. 40% of the people are, like, you know, watching them on TV. 8% of the people, as you said, are at the parade. Like, you know, that's a huge deal. He's a huge deal because they don't win in hockey anymore for whatever reason. So they decided, you know, they need to win in the NBA. <laughs> I, I, I kind of personally, like me personally, I hope he stays in Toronto just because I think that that's a good way to kind of expand the NBA. But if we're being realistic and talking about lines and value and, and kind of everything – 
I don't think there's a lot of value on Toronto. I think that you're going to find the best value if you really want to bet it. You know, to me, I'm probably taking the Clippers up to like yeah. at least minus 170, like Perfect. on a true like value line. Perfect. Okay, let's keep moving down then uh, and talk about another question mark, staying or going. Jimmy Buckets, 76ers. 76ers, again, you know, you look back to that game seven in Toronto, the bounce went the way of the Raptors. Things could have played out very differently in the Eastern Conference Finals, in the finals, if that ball bounces a light, slightly different way. Uh, they bring back Jimmy Buckets. They're probably your number two team in the East. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of likelihood Jimmy Buckets stays in Philly? And is this a true read, or are we even maybe underselling the Sixers? Is, is this their time? So I think of the six first when we say if Bucket if Jimmy stays, if anyone's gonna challenge for the East this year, it's gonna be the Sixers. You know, it's gonna be the Bucks and the Sixers and then maybe Indiana, you know, if Oladipo comes back and they're able to kind of, you know, piece things back together there. I think you're really looking at Philadelphia really challenging next year. That would be if Butler could, you know, goes back. What I would say on that though is well, two or three weeks ago I would have said I really think Butler's coming back. And I, I still do. The Houston stuff has me convinced that he's not. Like, the Houston stuff, like, if, if Butler's going anywhere, it's Houston. Like, it, it definitely is. And what I'm hearing, you know, when it comes to Houston clearing cap space is they feel they have someone who's going there. Now, you just go down the list. Really doesn't, anyone doesn't really make any sense there except for Butler. So the way yeah. I look at it is Houston is trying to desperately clear the space for no other reason other than, you know, other than, you know, Paul and Harden hate each other, which is probably true. We'll hold off, hold off on that till we get to the West, but yeah. Uh, okay. So you think that there's a realistic shot buckets ends up in, uh, in, in, uh, in Houston, huh? Interesting. Um, I, I, honestly, at this point, I would say 50, 50. Mm, interesting. Uh, if they lose him, do they bring back Tobias Harris? No, I think Harris is gone. He, I, I actually think that fit, Harris right? is going. I didn't love the fit. Like everyone kind of loved the fit of the deadline. It was like, oh, he's you know he doesn't need a lot of shots to score a lot. I didn't really love the way that they utilized him and kind of the way he fit there. And he's going to want a max. I just don't see Philly de- you know dedicating a max slot to him, even if you know even if Butler does leave. I think they'll probably wait for someone else. Hopefully, you know someone comes next year and joins Embiid and Simmons. You know, that's kind of the you know the hope there for them. In my opinion, I, I don't think that he's going there. I think there's a good chance he stays in the East, maybe Brooklyn, uh, maybe a chance for New York. I, I don't think he's going to go back to Philadelphia. I, I'd actually be pretty surprised if he stayed. Okay. Okay. So last Sixers hot takes for you. My opinion, uh, Embiid, clear, bona fide, no doubt, franchise cornerstone, super-duper star, love Embiid. Uh, Simmons, eh, eh. What's your hot take on Simmons? <laughs> Simmons sucks. I mean, you know, the, the dude is like a glorified point guard who can't fucking score. He's basically Brandon Knight, except like, you know, he's fucking like six inches taller. It's, it's, okay, that's a little mean. <laughs> that's a little mean. Like, I, I like Simmons. I think that he's, you know, what he is, what he brings to a team can be very valuable. But to look at him as a foundational superstar is just the wrong way of looking at him. He's a tall point guard who's never going to be able to develop a real shot. If he develops a semblance of a shot, I would be very surprised. Like, he, he's not even working on it right now, which is a kind of a cause for concern for a lot of people around the league who have kind of talked sure. about it. And there, there have been 
quietly a few things about him maybe being put on the block, maybe yeah. being traded. Like, it's not out of the reach. I will say one place maybe you're looking at, if Chris Middleton doesn't come back, maybe Milwaukee, like, there's been a little bit of stuff there. I don't know what the hell they could possibly give for them just looking at the roster. Like, it doesn't really make sense, but, like, that's been the scuttlebutt is, like, maybe Milwaukee. Interesting. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. Um, okay. Uh, so, Sixers, maybe they challenge if they bring back Jimmy Buckets. Uh, there doesn't look like they're going to replace Brett Brown. Is that a mistake? I mean, I, if they did it this like point, it, right? I'd be surprised. It's, it's yeah. a little late. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if that got, was going to happen, it would have happened already, don't you think? Like, they I probably have, agree. I would have thought, yeah. I, uh, yeah. And they probably should, but uh, whatever. Maybe yeah. they just know they know their window isn't there. I mean, yeah, as I look at them, I don't look at a team and the Sixers if they run it back, quote unquote, run it back, that everybody takes another step forward and that they, you know, maybe they advance from uh, from round two of the playoffs to Eastern Conference finals. Uh, but this doesn't look like enough of uh, an improvement team wise overall uh, that you can re- realistically expect them to, to contend for the East, I don't think. Um, how about the Nets? Kyrie Irving seems like his logical destination. Uh, he signs with uh, agent, uh, part of the Jay-Z family, Rock Nation agent. Is that? Uh, but 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 it sounds like you're a little a uh, little uncertain as to whether he actually ends up in in New York, uh, not playing for the Nets, but for the Knicks. Uh, I guess uh, give yeah. me your your two takes. Um, likelihood that KD is actually a, a Nick uh, come. You know the July first trade, you know signing signing uh, um, period, and then uh, number two, uh, Kyrie Irving, Knicks or Nets. So I still feel very strongly that Durant will end up a Nick. Uh, you know, I I don't really see. You know, he moved his entire business. He was having meetings during the year. I understand the Achilles injury is a massive issue for many, but. When it comes to the Knicks, it just doesn't seem like they really give a shit. Like, oh, no, we'll be the Knicks for one more year. We'll suck ass. We'll get another high pick. And all of a sudden, Durant has, like, seven lotto picks around him. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I do think that there is a, a chance that he stays in Golden State. I, I don't think he's going to Brooklyn. I know that Brooklyn's doctor performed the surgery on him, but that's because he's a, he's a guy that Durant has done, you know, talked to in the past, kind of has a relationship with. I don't really think that Durant is going going to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie. I think it's possible, still, that Kyrie follows him to New York. Again, Kyrie's a weird cat, man. Like, that dude changes his mind a lot. So I think it's very possible that he still, you know, changes his mind. Now, here's the thing. Irving definitely prefers to go to Brooklyn. Like, if he had to choose himself, do I go to Brooklyn, do I go to the Knicks? I think he definitely prefers to go to Brooklyn. That's not really a surprise. But the question is, A, does Durant follow? I highly doubt it. Or does Kyrie Irving kind of say, well, you know, we'll see what happens. I almost would kind of go on a limb here and say, maybe there's a chance that Irving signs a one-and-one with Brooklyn. And, you know, if he doesn't (laughs) like it there, because shocking, that's Kyrie. Oh, he goes and plays with Durant next year. Oh, that's that been be something fun. that's been floated That'd be to drama. Me too. Right. That would be Which is just drama. so fucking Kyrie. I mean, that's fucking pinpoint Kyrie. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, sure. I mean, 
it's it's possible, man. It is. I, I think that ultimately Kyrie ends up in Brooklyn, but again, I'd probably say 60-40, 70-30 instead of like, you know, 90-10. Okay. Durant to me is still 80-20 in New York. Like, you know, okay. I'm still feeling very good about Durant yeah. going to New York. There's a lot of issues with that Warriors front office. Like, Bob Myers pushed that guy to play. Don't let yes. anyone tell you different. Bob Myers pushed that guy to play. So, there is going to be issues there if they ever sat down on the table for 15 and minutes, tried to negotiate a contract. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That, oh, yeah. that game was that game was crazy exciting, and that's like, oh, I forgot. Like he probably shouldn't play basketball right now because he's injured. <laughs> that sucks for his leg. I mean, not not to mention that, but like you, like literally just crying, like you just yeah. fucking crying like a bitch. Weird. Like, come on, dude. So like, weird. Such a weird response. It was yeah. weird. You guys, and you guys buried the lead here with all this. Kawhi, Durant, Kyrie, Jimmy Buckets. I, I mean, we haven't even touched on Carmelo. On the thing, it says it says current team. You want to guess what his current team is? Oh. It actually said U.S. Men's National Team, which is kind of a joke about him getting all the gold medals. That's I was great. dying when I looked He's, it up, but yeah. But I just saw rumors of like I saw L.A. rumors flying around with him. God, I hate before, that sort of stuff. Don't go to the we West. Move yet. Off, yeah, don't go to the West yet. Before we move off of New York, New York Nets, Nets, Knicks, Nets. Uh, what? Uh, it, let's assume Kyrie goes to the Nets. Uh, let's assume okay. he act- absolutely falls in love with Brooklyn, which again would be very Kyrie. Um, and let's say God. he plays out his career there. Uh, who makes the finals first between the Celtics and the Nets? If Kyrie goes to the Nets by himself, give me in the Celtics. Okay. Give me, All right. Give me, give me the Celtics. I, I don't think that Kyrie, and honestly, I, I was in on that guy, man. I was in on that guy, and I was wrong. Like, I was fully fucking in on that dude. And he proved <laughs> oh, me wrong. You, he me proved too, me wrong. For sure. <laughs> he, he proved me wrong. So, <clears throat> when it comes to the Nets and fucking Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddle, give me the fucking Celtics, and I'll take Danny Ainge. Like, that, that's, that's what I'll take there. I yeah. do think there's a chance that if, if he goes there with Tobias Harris, Oh, you know, maybe they're a second round exit. <laughs> like, you know, maybe maybe there's something there. But like in reality, like if Kyrie goes by himself and without Durant or without someone else, like unless they hit on like a real good draft pick, yeah, like there's, you know, it would be either, shocking. Either, yeah. So if it's a three-way market and it's Celtics with this core, Nets with Kyrie, or the or not at all, you would take not at all probably in the next five years. I don't know. I would, I would take not. I would take not. I would take not at all. But the Celtics would at least give me some, some, you know, pause for consideration because sure. at least you, you got know, like right. a, at least you got an age. At least you got yeah, right. You know, right. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he can pick he can some pockets. He can pick some yeah. pockets. Give um, me not at all minus five hundred. <laughs> okay. I just find. I just find. I mean, I just find the Celtics Nets conversation is going to be fascinating over the next two, three years because of if this move goes down, it's going to be fascinating yep. uh, on the Kyrie alone. The fact that the Celtics picked the pocket of the Nets and took all of their future assets and, you know, what they made, what, one Eastern Conference finals out of it, you know, at, at the end of the day. Like if, if the Nets actually put together a competitive team and do something at any point in time, you're going to look back and be like, wow, how did they get here faster? 
right? Like there, that's going to be a narrative. that's going to be very interesting to see how, I mean, it's going to be spun poorly. Like it's going to be bullshit, but you know, people will say that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, it will be, it will be a slap in the face. I mean, all Celtics yes. fans will lose their fucking collective minds of the net. The Brooklyn they Nets gets yes. <laughs> yes, they absolutely. Will. I like to um, think Boston fans are a little more level-headed than that. Nope. <laughs> I can assure you, they're not. <laughs> Me included. So, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so then that leaves us with one standalone standout clear and obvious uh, likely uh, finalist for next year's NBA title. And that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, It seems likely they're keeping it together. Uh, The only there's, there's only really two potential issues with this team as far as I handicap them as an NBA uh, analyst. And part one would be, I don't love Budenholzer as a coach in the playoffs. I don't love his ability to make adjustments. I don't love his ability to kind of work his way through a very, very tough series. Uh, and then number two, uh, Giannis clearly needs to improve on his jump shooting. He needs to develop his three-point shot better and be a bigger threat from the outside to open things up a little bit for what he does so dangerously in the lane. Um, but let's assume that, you know, but both of those things are kind of improvable. Neither of those things is a fatal flaw, really, in my mind, uh, which, you know, which, and you can reasonably expect Giannis will take another step forward next year. Uh, and they have built a perfect team around him, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, the Bucks look like absolutely absolute legit players and maybe coach buds doesn't even have a competitive series to worry about next year because they could be that much better uh do you think uh, any of this is is a little bit of false hope for our bucks fans listeners at home or uh you know are there any any warning signs with their ability to kind of retain this roster uh and kind of run it back uh just like they had this year and, and do a little bit better in the postseason yeah, so the one cause for concern I have, and it kind of comes on the heels of Horford, why is Chris Middleton opting, opting out today? Like, why yeah, are they not extending okay. that deadline a little bit? Why is there, you know, and again, Wood says, oh, the teams want to talk and make a deal. We well, said the same fucking thing about Horford, and, like, that feels like that's been dead for, like, a week or, you know, or so. Like, <laughs> yes, and now time it's moves information. very, very fast. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like people think they're like, oh, the negotiations happened in like eight hours and they got cut off. Like, no, that shit that probably happened a week ago that yes. we're learning about. And, you know, this is the order of events they wanted it to be released. So here's the kind of same thing. What's the deal with Middleton? Because it almost feels like that they're kind of going down a Horford road where they had an opportunity, you know, to get Middleton, you know, and, and sign up, you know, pretty quickly. And it doesn't seem what they are. Or, you know, why not extend the deadline a few more days? Like, sure. why does it have to be the 19th? It, it's a little it, – it's a cause for concern for me. Now, I haven't heard anything specifically on the player, you know, if he's leaving or not, so I have no idea. But just looking into it, you're starting to look at saying, you know, and see guys like – and they're opting out early or whatever. The guys who opt out later are usually the guys who want to stay. And that, that's kind of been the trend in the league. So it, it is a bit of a concern that Middleton's opting out on the 19th and you're having Wodes do the same fucking bullshit that he did for Al Horford. Oh, yeah. the guy yeah. wants to stay. The team wants to make it work. Like, yeah, I'm sure that would be like really fucking great, but like, that's cover your ass. Yeah. Anybody. That's cover your ass language. Exactly. And so to me that, that was a little scary when I saw that. And I was like, Oh, interesting. And then Yada tweeted the eyes like, okay, so yeah. if they're not going to keep Middleton, you know, do the Celtics maybe try and pull like a sign and trade with like, Horford and Middleton because we know that Danny has coveted Middleton for years. 
And mm-hmm. that would actually kind of make sense for both teams. Like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the Bucks need another big who can shoot and kind of go outside. Like, Middleton's a nice wing who can shoot, but, like, they can, they can get that back. But, you know, Horford is kind of like a, you know, a, a big who fits their system perfectly and also stops Giannis, which is something that, you know, they would take that away. Like, and the Celtics need a wing who can shoot and a guy who can score and maybe a potential trade piece. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying, to me, maybe that's something that makes sense because Danny has always coveted Middleton, and Horford makes a lot of sense to Milwaukee. That is interesting. And Middleton isn't a perfect fit for Giannis. But the Milwaukee kind of has to – they have to take this more seriously. They absolutely have to take this more seriously because it's not a free agent destination. You, you're, your best chance is to retain the pieces you have and to convince them that, hey, we can be a, a, a force in this league, a dynasty or whatever, you know, build around Giannis and be a dynasty. Like They, they absolutely have to make this happen. And, but, but you're right. If they can come up with the sign-and-trade where they're getting an equal part back, uh, I think that's a fine outcome for them. Um, and that's, I hadn't heard that or thought of that, but that does make a ton of sense. Um, interesting. interesting. I don't want to say like, I, I've heard it either. Cause I haven't heard that. It's just something that like, it's kind of occurred to me because Danny has always really coveted Middleton. Like even before Isaiah Thomas, like he always coveted Middleton and he always, you know, always coveted Isaiah. And like, those were the two guys he was connected to a lot outside of Chris Paul, obviously. But like, those were the two kind of like mid tier guys. So that was just kind of something I was, you know, just kind of been thinking about. It makes kind of sense for both teams. Probably okay. obviously one out, but it's kind of something. Well, I'll, I'll drop a note to Janos uh, to tell uh, to tell Danny uh, to explore this, just in case he hasn't already heard it, and then uh, and then we'll we'll see if this works out. Um, but let's uh, let's wrap up the East there. Uh, I don't really have any other hot takes on the East. It's still, it's the rest, fascinating. Yeah, the rest it's of the wide team open. suck. Yeah, there's just, really not any. I, I mean, what else? Yeah, Indiana, Charlotte. <laughs> Yeah, if, 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 I mean, right, none of those right, teams right. are going to be. It doesn't matter what they. Unless I mean, if Durant signs in Charlotte, they might be good <laughs> in two years. I don't. Or if Kawhi goes to Orlando, then we can talk. But I mean, things aren't happening, and this is the NBA, and you have your handful of teams, and that's it. Yes, that's exactly right. And uh, the I Knicks will, are going to be so. Cool. I will, yeah, the Knicks are going to suck. So I, I the, 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 by the way, the team total there is ridiculously. Important. It is. So stupid. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. But to me, the one team that, and again, this there needs to be a lot to go right. But I don't want to fully throw out Indiana yet because, first off, Oladipo is really good, and like when he is healthy and he's on, he's really good, man. And Miles Turner is quietly like one of the better young bigs in the league, and he still is like what? What is he like? Twenty five? Yeah, he is still way pretty young. young. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't want to just I don't want to throw them out to me. They're like the one team I would look at and say, Well maybe, maybe we maybe Sabonis takes a jump. Like, you know, maybe maybe they're able to attract a mid tier point guard free agent. Like maybe they get, you know, Patrick Beverly and all of a sudden now they are really hard to play guard wise because they have Beverly and Old Depot. Or maybe they go with Rubio and again, still defensively guard wise, they're really good. So I, I don't want to throw them out just yet. Because I don't think they're ready, and obviously you have to bank a lot on Old Depot, but that would be a team I would maybe keep my eye on. I don't know. I I I, uh, I agree with you. I could see them as like a three seed or something like that. I want like a Nets Celtics four five matchup in the playoffs. That would be like that would be if I was fixing the league. That's what I would set up. Uh, I could see. I could see the. <laughs> Look at the, you're the putting together your dream scenario for yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, Next seriously. Day. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you in general. I've heard actually weirdly enough, and you can kind of run this down if you want, but I've heard the Pacers are exploring moving Turner because they really believe in uh, Sabonis as the future of, the, of their starting five uh, at the at the five. Um, so uh, interesting I mean, that, that is, they're considering that. That is possible. Yeah, um, no, okay. that, that's possible. It makes sense. So Let's slide over to the West. Um, I uh, And, you know, we didn't give Kemba Walker any shine. Uh, I, I have no freaking clue what happens there, and I don't think he's a great fit. But, you know, we'll start with the Lakers, and uh, who have been rumored to be in the Kemba Walker market. Uh, which, you know, and we kind of, I kind of want to go through and run down some of the Lakers potential offer uh, options, what they put around uh, LeBron and, uh, and AD there. And, you know, there's, there's, there's just so much writing on the wall that this could go so horribly wrong. Like this, this just, (laughs) I'm I'm here for it. There's so, there is so, there is so much to be skeptical about all of this. Uh, And the, the fact that they're pushing all of these pieces out of, you know, out of LA in order to clear space to sign a third max. Like that is a, an enormous red flag. Like I, I just don't see how you can have a team that is that top heavy, that has a player in LeBron James, who is for the first time in his life coming off the year where he wasn't able to be healthy all season and had a legitimate injury that, that, uh, you know, he was not able to overcome. He's losing his hair. Uh, that's the source of all of his power. He has uh, a drinking problem. He has a drinking problem. Every he Instagram, a, he's just drinking wine. That's right. He has a movie-making problem. He's not a great actor. Nobody wants to force be in Space Jam, too. Nobody wants Nobody to be in Space Jam. Yeah, 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 the fucking hairline problem is the worst of the, all, too. Like, the hairline problem. Is, is, I mean, it's not like Nobody. it's not like Roth and Nadal gross, but it's gross. Uh, Nobody like would have done that to Jordan. <laughs> If Jordan tells you to be in Space Jam, you're in Space Jam. You don't have to. You think you think Detlef was it Detlef Shrimp? Was he in it? You think he had a choice? He just signed it. I'm going to I forgot Detlef Shrimp. People people are turning Uh, him down. You can't do that. Like he's lost his his sheen. Yes, um, but in 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 seriousness in basketball talk, I worry about uh, his offensive production uh, has dropped. Uh, over you know is his his if you look at the the RAPM offensive production over the last three years it's steadily declined. I don't know if that bounces back up and he's all of a sudden an offensive weapon this year. We have clearly seen his defensive de- defense decline where he's not even really playing regular season defense anymore. It turned out that didn't matter so much for the Cavaliers two years ago, but it sure as hell mattered for the Lakers this year. Uh, Anthony Davis obviously is a great complimentary piece for James. I think they fit together well. But uh, guy is not guy well particularly well known for staying healthy and being able to carry the load uh, when it comes to an 82 game season. Uh, you now you only other your only other option at this point is Kyle Kuzma, and now I see a very clear and obvious need. You need a second ball handler badly. You need shooters badly. You need to put shooters around James anyway, and they have a very, very, very thin roster of people who can shoot the basketball right now. Uh, I just, I have no idea how this roster gets constructed around these two pieces in a way that makes them a contender next year. To add to all that, I think Rob Polinka is in way the fuck over his head. He has, he, he are, you know, even in this masterful, uh, you know, Anthony Davis trade, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to pull this off in season last year, completely blew up their season. This, you know, this, 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 season passed i think if you make if you do that deal more artfully or if you you if you can make that deal happen 
during the season and you can get, you know, you're, you're going to make a playoff spot you in the West this last year. You're going to get James and AD some reps together in the playoffs, which I think is important. I don't think you put this team together on the fly and expect them to be world beating contenders, even if they get a third max. And especially, especially if they get a third max, because that makes the rest of your roster that much thinner, that much weaker, that much more difficult to get a meaningful seed. Yeah, you, in might, the West. you might have to have a player coach at that point. Like, legitimately, just, just to fill out a roster. J- Jason Kidd is going to be getting yeah, minutes. He might have to be <laughs> Jason Kidd guard. getting minutes for that team. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, coming off the bench, Jason Kidd, baby. <laughs> Jason Let's go. Kidd, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and so so I I don't know what is your read on the Lakers. Let's not be too down on them. I guess because like I don't want to. I mean, like a lot of things could happen. This team gets to the playoffs. They do have two bona fide superstars. A lot of things could happen. Uh, but you know, wh- where do they go? Point guard. Where do they fill out the rest of their roster? Are you getting yeah. a feeling like they're going to pull us off third third max and, and a bunch of Joes, a bunch of schmoes, or uh, or are they actually going to make you know make a, a reasonable uh, you know attempt at, at at putting some depth behind their stars? Uh, you know what what is what is your read on the Lakers? So I think well, first off, let me tell you what I think is going to happen, and then I'll tell you what I think they should do instead. A good good way uh, to set that up. I I think firstly. I think they're probably going to get Kemba Walker. That's what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, Kemba Walker is, to me, one of the most overrated players in the NBA. And you, I have Celtics fans who ask me almost every day about Kemba Walker. And my answer to Kemba Walker is, he's Isaiah Thomas, like what Isaiah Thomas was to the Celtics three years ago, except he's slower and even not as good a shooter as Isaiah Thomas was then. I think... Kemba Walker is horrendous defensively. Just a horrendous defensively. Yeah, I think he's he is a going to be, swinging door. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, dude, he is going to be an absolute nightmare if he goes there. That team is not going to be able to defend mm-hmm. almost anyone because who you're going to have to put around, you know, just to kind of make up for his defense. But what it sounds like is they really want to clear that space because they believe Kemba Walker is going there. Now, I know we've heard the whole, like, the Charlotte Hornets really want them, really want Kemba Walker back, and Kemba Walker really wants to go to Charlotte. But it was just last year that there were pretty strong rumblings out of Charlotte. They were looking to trade Kemba Walker. Like, yeah. they were looking to like deal him, get rid of him. You know, possibly trade him to even LA last year. So, like, you know, to me, Kemba going back doesn't really make sense. So, despite the fact that I don't have really any information on it. I'm going to go on a limb here and say, like, Kemba will not be back with the Hornets. Just, just based upon what happened, you know, last offseason. I don't think he'll be back. So, to me, he makes the most sense with L.A. and with the Lakers. Now, or at least from what we know, at least. Actual basketball sense? No, he's a terrible fit. And it will be a horrible mistake to put him there. And I think the Lakers will badly regret that move. They really do. You know, but what it does sound like is it sounds like that is the guy – who they are choosing to kind of put their eggs in the basket for. Like, that is the next max guy that, like, that, you know, that's going to be their guy. I think it's dumb as hell. I really don't know how much I can, you know, to, I, can't, I can't state it more than that. I think Walker there is a terrible fit. If I'm L.A. and I'm looking at this seriously, look, LeBron is not the same guy he used to be. That groin injury is going to hurt him for a while. That's not going to be something he gets over in the next year or two. And I think we saw that in the last half of the year. Like, that groin injury was really bad for him. So, I take LeBron and Davis, like, you know, those two guys are still going to be fantastic. Go sign, like, 
a $10 million player and, like, two $5 million players who, like, you know, who still want to play with LeBron and, like, maybe take a little bit of a discount. Like, or, or go do, you know, or if, you know, you still like $24 million, go take a 10, a 10, and a 10. Like, fuck, fill that, you know, that lineup that we saw that this year. Like, Toronto won just by throwing bodies. Just kept throwing bodies, and some of them worked and some of them didn't, but they kept throwing bodies. And what you saw, you know, these top-heavy teams, especially this year, like, you have an injury, you're fucked. So, to me, L.A. should go out, they should sign, like, you know, some good guys, not superstar, but really good players. Like go Danny Green, like a Danny Green type? Yeah, like a Danny Green. Maybe get, like, Pat Beverly, like, who's the guy that I Pat love Beverly, to Danny play Green, point yeah. guard. You know, like, point, get some defensive, defensive guys who can knock down some threes. Maybe get another inside pounder, you know, on the inside to kind of go with Davis so you can stall him at the four and five. And, you know, you already – and you still have Kuzma. And then you can add an MLE. And then you can always get the guys who want to follow LeBron around, you know, for the vet minimum or whatever. The other name I've been told, and this has kind of been thrown out there to me, and I don't know how the fuck this would work or why this would work, Kevin Love. So, <laughs> oh, I was just going to make that joke. Jesus Christ. Yeah, really? you, so you I don't know how the fuck. The front court? They need okay, someone so to make fun of the parties, I guess. Exactly, but do you trade Kyle Kuzma for Kevin Love? <laughs> oh, Jesus. If they did, oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, well, there, oh, there, there's your three superstars. I don't like it. I oh, think that's man. a terrible idea, but... That's been, you know, that's, that's been kind of put out there, too. It's like, hey, the Cavaliers can't find a fucking perfect care of Kevin Love. Oh, what about Kyle Kuzma? And his max contract fits the slot if you can clear the slot, which is why the you know, Lakers have been desperately scrambling. So kind of one of those things. Yeah, we, are, we haven't really seen the three bananas work together. We, we haven't seen it. Like, I know, I know that people point to Wade, Bosch, and, uh, and James in Miami and stuff, but guess what? The first year they all showed up, it didn't work. They lost to the damn Mavericks. Like they did not have yep. a deep enough team to win that title that year. And that if you bring in a max guy and put him with James and AD, you're repeating history. I've already seen this show. I already know what this. I already know how this goes down. Like I don't need to see it again. Like you, you absolutely are better served if you're the Lakers putting depth around these guys. But I honestly like just the bungling of the. Um, the deal for AD and when the trade happens and how the trade, um, the trade bonus factors into their cap. Just that little fact alone is all the indication you need that these guys are in over their head, that they don't know what they're doing, that they don't have the plan. They are just throwing shit against the wall and hoping to make a splash and convince people that they're contenders. All of this smells like trouble. All of this smells like opportunity to fade these guys in all of the markets. You can get your, you know, your action down on against the Lakers. Is that, a fair read. I mean, let's. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget that Palinka didn't even know the fucking date mattered to his cap space. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you not know that, Rob Palinka? That's kind of a big fucking deal, man. I, yeah. What are you? Yeah. What are you even doing? You know, like yeah. that. The, the, your what you're saying is so fucking spot on, man. Like, this has the makings to be an absolute shit show. Now, can a shit show with LeBron James and Anthony Davis make the NBA Finals? Yes. They can. They, yeah. you know, the West, they can. The West, they can. Yeah, just the, the West, landscape West, of the West right now. The landscape what, of the West yeah, right what's now. What's happened course, in the last, sure. even just the last for month sure. with the, the, the two major injuries. Uh, Houston hates each other. I guess you still have the yeah. Nuggets and the Blazers and obviously the Timberwolves. Christ. 
<laughs> I mean, does anyone, does anyone take this fucking team seriously? Again, yeah. another team no one takes seriously. Like, you know, a couple of teams, are just, you know, LeBron and Davis will fucking demolish those teams. Yeah, for And, sure. you know, the only team I look at is I'd say, oh, the Clippers, you know, maybe with, you know, whoever they can get. Like, oh, is that a team that can at least challenge the other L.A. team? And boom, now you have an NBA storyline that the NBA fucking loves. And yeah. two, now whoever gets there, I mean, you're still – and, again, this is assuming that Kawhi Leonard ends up, in LA, you know, with the Clippers – you're putting superstars on a national stage no matter what. So it's an NBA storyline that the NBA loves and probably can't get enough of and hoping and praying that Kawhi Leonard probably ends up going L.A., which, again, I know kind of contradicts what I said earlier about him staying in Toronto, but just sure. the storyline alone, they probably fucking love it. But, I mean, yeah, it's the Lakers have a chance to be a fucking catastrophic mess, man. It's just an absolute atom bomb of bullshit there. Like, you bring back Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson, <laughs> like those guys, like, let's see what happens. Like, I already went through my bullshit made, as a Celtics fan. Dude, just the fact that the guys that are making decisions thought that that was a good idea last year is a red flag. You, you know, know maybe, what I mean? Uh, yeah. like, would, I know, would it be on brand to go was... get Terry Rozier? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, please, kind of, actually. fuck, please bring Rozier in there. Like, fuck, that would kind of, that would kind of fit with their whole their mentality. They yeah. missed out on oh, Gordon Dragic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, my my final Laker thoughts really is just that there is enough. There is enough. There are enough red flags here that I am absolutely. It could be dynamite one way or the be, other. It could be dynamite one way or the other. It absolutely could be. Um, and um, yeah. I, more questions than answers with that squad and that front office and that franchise, really. Uh, how about the Clippers? Uh, you think we got a uh, we got a, a decent chance that uh, um, Kawhi ends up there? Uh, how? Okay, so first of all, in exactly the same way, I worry about the Lakers and their long term future based on who is making decisions and what their track record tells us. I am encouraged about the Clippers because they have Jerry West making decisions. They have Jerry West closing deals. They presumably have Jerry West in Al Horford's agent's ear telling him four years, 100 mil uh, in an effort to make sure that Al doesn't, you know, exercise the option or, you know, he uses that leverage to to work his way out of Boston to get the kind of money he wants. Like, you know, what what are the what do we expect from this Clippers roster next year? Like, you know, can we see potentially Kawhi, Al Horford, uh, Patrick Beverly comes back, you got you got a solid core of guys like Shamit and uh, you know Montrez Harrell coming off the bench still. Like you have a legitimate uh, you know contending team with all with all of those pieces, right? I mean, like it, is is the recipe? Are all the ingredients out there for Jerry West to go and scoop up and create a contender for the title out of thin air this offseason? If they get Kawhi Leonard, I think they're probably still one piece short of being a real contender. Like again. You have to remember the the Raptors really got lucky. You know they had to, it had to, it had to be that Durant and Clay went down, and that's kind of what I see. You know a really good team filled with a lot of good pieces, but they're missing maybe just that number two guy. Like Lou Williams to me just isn't a number two guy. You know, and Gallinari isn't a number two guy. Those are both like complementary, can be third pieces depending on the night. If you add Al Horford to that mix, now we're cooking because. Horford doesn't necessarily put the points on the board, which is perfectly fine if you have all those shooters on the Clippers. But what he does is instrumental. First off, he can get SGA 
and Shamit and all those young guys, that's a mentor. Immediately you're bringing in a big-time a big time mentor who's just a leader in the locker room. He's a rock. Like, he just is. And I'm a big Al Horford Bobo, as you can fucking see. Um, but, like, if you bring in Horford, that is huge. Like, if they bring in Kawhi and Horford, they're my favorite. I, I don't know what else I could possibly say. That would be my team because yeah. they are – I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi's right there. I think you still need another, like, really good – you don't have to be a superstar, but just another really good, maybe top 25, 30 player. And Horford fits to a T – of what they need and what he can give them. Mm-hmm. So if the Clippers get Kawhi and Horford, look the fuck out. That would be terrifying, yeah. to, you know, as a Lakers fan, and you're a Lakers fan, you should be scared as shit. You should be pressing Rob, you know, Rob Palenka to go get Horford, honestly, if that's the case. Let's need, talk about the, I need to, the, I need yeah, to drop break, breaking news here. Yeah. Like, you can't make this up. But, uh, not not Waj, the other guy. What's his name? Shams. Shams. Shams just dropped Space Jam 2 news. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, well, I, I, just, I, I pulled who, up the who has, who has joined the cast of Space All Jam right. 2? We need to know. This is a high Dame, casting. All right. Besides LeBron, Dame, AD, Clay, and then uh, Diana Tarazi, and then I can't pronounce this other one. The the girl in the NBA with the terrible hard name, oh, Agua yeah, Mike. Yeah. I'm terrible at that one. The one from the Sparks. Yep. yep, yep, Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. Nice. So, Clay Clay to the, Clay is, uh, Clay's going to get that third, is the third max deal in, uh, in LA. I got you. You know, Um, people are going to, you know, people are going to make this. Oh, of course. Of course. Space Jam with AD and LeBron. Man, this is, this is, yeah, this is, they're going to let them rehab. They're going to bring them in for the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to win it all. Um, Anyway, yeah, it's uh, Clay as a third banana is not was not a great fit for the Warriors. Even you know he was he was marginalized, he was underused. I I, I would be bummed if that happened. Um, okay, uh, so speaking of other hot gossip, the uh, is it true that uh, Chris Paul was giving James Harden hell for his man boobs, made him cry in practice <laughs> twice? Oh my God, that was. I mean, awesome. if, if you want to call me Skip Bayless, then hell yeah, it's true. I mean, that's fucking. That is the most embarrassing thing I've ever fucking seen, and it's so perfect because it's fucking Skip. Like, if it was anyone else except for maybe Max Kellerman, I would have like maybe had a like a semblance of feeling bad, but it's Skip Bayless. You fucking live and die with the with the fishes, Skip. So you know, deal with that shit. Like, that was fantastic. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely fantastic. Realistically, though, this does have whiffs of truth, right? Like Chris Paul and James Harden were never a great fit. They 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 legitimately um, have not found a way to complement each other offensively in a way that makes the Rockets better, in my opinion. And it does seem like they need to do something about this. But the Chris Paul contract is an albatross. Like if you're Daryl Morey, are you just sweating? Like how did this all go sideways on me, or do you have a plan? I think you're, I mean, I think if you're more, honestly, you're looking at this thing, like, what the fuck do I do now? What do I do now? Because I think you really have to take a look at it and and take a step back and say, well, I can't move Chris Paul because his $40 million contract, even the Knicks don't want that. And if the Knicks don't want it, we're screwed. You know, (laughs) you have to take, you know, you take a look at the rest of the roster. I mean, look, I, I like Clint Capella. He's a really nice role player. I think he's a young kid who could develop into something. But outside of that, 
what do you have? You have Eric Gordon, who is way undervalued there, but you're not going to move Gordon because he might be your second best player on the roster. Like, him and Harden actually work well and fit well together. Other yeah. than that, though, there's just there's not a lot there. I think the Rockets are really, really in trouble, unless they're able to bring Jimmy Butler. Because if they're able to bring Jimmy Butler in and they're able to kind of somehow move and finagle that Chris Paul contract out of there, well, you know, they're okay. And they'll probably have to dump Capella, um, you know, as well in order to do that. But that would be something. You know, Milmore looks to me, he's a guy who has to figure something out this offseason. He missed out on LeBron, you know, last year. He has to do something this offseason. Because if he doesn't, man, I I don't know what they're going to do. At some point, you have to really start considering, do we trade James Harden? That's that's the reality for the Rockets. You're kind of back against the wall. Yeah. Would uh, any any scenario play out where they miss the playoffs, you think? I mean, right now their no, their number think... their their number of wins yeah. is real high. And you know, you look at the you look at the win totals across the who West. Who fills in there? Like who, who pops up in uh, the bottom half of the West? Well, the Lakers presumably I mean, are coming in. Uh and the uh the Spurs are right now on the outside looking in, but I think they're undervalued. Uh, you know, there are a good amount of, you know, moving pieces here in the West that, uh, that threaten stability really across all of the quote unquote, you know, perennial, uh, perennial players, even the dubs. Like, I'm not sure the dubs are a lock to make it. Yeah. I feel like there's a possibility that, uh, New Orleans misses the playoffs. No. The New Orleans and the Grizzlies, I'm not put. I'm yeah. not counting on them. Grizz- Suns yeah, as well. Suns, Suns, Grizzlies, and and the Pelicans, I think, are safe outs. The Kings yeah. are probably safe outs Kings as are well. Out. But the rest of those teams all have a shot. Timberwolves, borderline Spurs, borderline. Yeah. I think I think Sacramento might be better than Minnesota next year, boys. I mean, really, a lot of teams are better than Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's that's not really fucking saying much to be fair, but I'm, no. I'm just kind of putting it. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Kings like made the playoffs. They almost did this year. You know, I think they'll, they'll probably have a better shot next year. And they were but, damn I mean, close to forty really, wins, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, I mean they they were they were pretty good this year. Like they weren't great, but they weren't like terrible either. And they were definitely good for the fucking Kings, which is, you know, that's another story. But, you know, I, don't, I think it's possible it's possible that the Kings maybe make a little bit of a run next year. Like, maybe you see them up, you know, get to like 40, 42 wins. And, you know, maybe they get that fifth or sixth seed. They kind of pull the nuggets a little bit. They're, you know, they get a little bit better. I don't know. I, 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 think, that's, I think that's certainly possible. Nonetheless, I mean... You're looking. You're, I mean, the West. How how deep is the West really going to be next year? There's ten teams you know? I think that have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. There's ten, maybe, and, and ten well, and a half if you count the Kings. Like I think Dallas is sure. going to be legitimate players with Doncic and, and Porzingis. Yeah. I think uh, I think the Spurs still have enough with. Um, uh, they're getting that kid back from uh, his ACL. Uh, who was the kid? Uh, Murray uh, was out all last year with his ACL. He'll be coming back for the Spurs. So the Spurs have a pretty deep and dynamic team. Uh, you know, I think there really are ten and a half teams with for for eight spots in the West. And unless Kawhi and Al Horford both go to the um, to the Clippers, I don't know that there is one team that really stands out ahead and above all of the rest. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see this play out. Uh, and it's going to be you know you're going to have to play hard 
all season long uh, in order to make the playoffs in the West. I think I don't think you can take you know huge chunks of the season off, Mister Mister James. Um, yeah, I was just so, say, who are you who are you pointing that at? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know the the Rockets are a little back against the wall in terms of what to do, and a lot of it all trickles down to that Chris Paul contract. Maybe they figure out a way to deal with it. Maybe they don't. I, you know, I'd like to see them figure out something because I'd like to see them kind of be a competitor and have a shot at a title now that the Warriors are deconstructed. Um, but um, speaking of, what do we make of the Warriors? Are am I? grossly overreacting thinking a team that's built around Steph and Draymond Green and a bunch of other Jags is uh, is a borderline playoff team. School Jags. I mean there's a lot Steph of Jags on that team. Steph alone, there, there are. I mean you're definitely not wrong about that. Andrew Bogut got in the rotation this yeah, year. Yeah, that's like, exactly right. played yeah. meaningful <laughs> playoff minutes. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, you know, and again, the whole team was hurt, so, you know, it's be fair. But at the same time, like, you know, uh, their playoff team, you know, Draymond and Steph can definitely get there. Draymond, you're going to see be a much bigger, you know, he's going to have to take on a much bigger role. He's going to have to feel, you know, really good about consistently shooting his three next year, which is... You know, that's, that's sketchy, that's man. Scary that is sketchy. That's sketchy. It's sketchy true, ass. and it, it's gotten it's gotten worse. Like, don't get me wrong. His yeah. three point shot has literally gotten worse every year. It feels like he loses confidence every year, which is wild because it's Draymond fucking Green. But every yeah, right. year, it feels like he loses a little bit more confidence in that shot. They're gonna make the playoffs, but are they? You know, are they a five seed? Are they a six seed? Are they a seven seed? Like, fuck, I don't know. It's it's scary. But I am interested to see, you know, without Durant, maybe they're able to attract not a great player, but maybe they're able to attract, like, you know, a good player or two good players. And, like, maybe all of a sudden, like, you know, they, they could get a few guys in there. Let's see. Yeah. Hey, does Boogie Cousins have a suitor? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 I mean, we didn't the, even, his name didn't even come up in that thing. Yeah, I mean, I you know, know, this is this this is kind of wild to me because of two two or three years ago, I don't think Brad Stevens touches him, but maybe the Celtics. It's like that's a really good place to rebuild your value if sure. you're Boogie Cousins. Like, sure, there's Eastern not a lot of pressure the Eastern there. Conference, please, yeah, go to exactly. the Eastern Eastern Conference. Yes, and a How good coach. Games, you got uh, a good coach. Yeah. How many games did you go to this year, Dan? Do you think? How many games did you attend? Me personally, yeah, uh, maybe ten. I don't really love going to games. Okay, I was just. Well, I, I just figured. Get... I figured you'd you'd go to more than I did. I was gonna say I've been to one game in the past two years, but it was the Pelicans. Okay, <laughs> and I was gonna say that's gonna be my. I'm I'm not a big huge, and I'm not as big of an NBA guy as well, and obviously as you. But that's my NBA hot take. Boogie was lazy. <laughs> Like, oh, it, yeah, it's yeah, crazy what you see when you're there. Yeah, when you, when you're not watching it on TV and you can see the entire court, like every single possession, he was like the last one, and and it's because three quarters of the time you just don't get a ref. Like, yeah, right. Uh, this guy kind of sucks. <laughs> he honestly, which is fucking wild, because he's the guy who's supposed to be coming back from injury. Like, Boogie, what are you doing, baby? Like, you gotta like try and like become yes. a player you used to be. 
Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's his, just yeah, his, 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 like, his agent. His agent is doing him no favors, not getting him prepped for a rehab of his image in, in entirety. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, that that's poor representation, in my opinion. I mean, you're you're not wrong. You're you're definitely not wrong, and that's really not a good look for him either. But I mean, at the same time, like he just wasn't that good of a player last year. And at points, you saw him on the court with the with, with the with the Warriors, and you're like. This dude fucking makes everyone around him worse. Like, get him the fuck off the court. Holy okay. shit, like, what are you doing, Steve Kerr? <laughs> no, I don't disagree with any of those takes, but we've already spent way too much time talking about Boogie Cousins. Uh, real quick note on the Warriors. Curious, your your thoughts? Clay resigns, probably, and sits out the year, and, and they try to bring it all back with the, with the old school Remember Us team in, uh, in 2020. That's what it looks like. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd be shocked if Clay went anywhere else. The Lakers were the only team I really thought he would consider, but with the ACL, it doesn't really make sense because it'd be, it'd be another year of LeBron's uh, career wasted. So yeah. I think that option is kind of off the table at this point. So, yeah, I mean, he should go back to the Warriors, and if Durant doesn't sign there, you know, he's definitely going to get the max either way. But, you know, if he doesn't sign there, he'll be a prominent player on that team. To me, it just it makes all the too much sense for him to go back. Okay. And around the league, are there whispers, are there concerns about Bob Myers and what happened with the KD, about that medical staff and what in the world is going on? Like, you know, they spent a lot of money building a new arena in San Francisco for these Warriors. And presumably, at least from what I could tell, it looked like they turned over a lot of relatively experienced athletic trainers and, you know, and then people that you want are on your staff making good decisions about your players and their health and well-being. And I mean, honestly, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you exactly what happened in the first injury to KD, but that sure as hell looked like a partial Achilles tear. And it sure as hell seemed like they rushed him back about three months too or too soon uh, to play on it. And then you yeah, throw him in. They that don't play the finals game. in September though. What are you going to do? <clears throat> You let him go to New York. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point you gotta you gotta consider like the players' health for you. They pushed him back, and the me, I mean, that looked like an Achilles, man. Like the the calf, the calf bullshit. Like, come on, it, that's some bullshit. We all know it looked like an Achilles. Now maybe it wasn't fully torn, or maybe not even half torn, but there was some damage there. At least what it looked like, and the sure. rushing back. And the force in the play, and that was all Bob Myers, man. I mean, I think the players were definitely frustrated that he wasn't practicing when, you know, he was being told and kind of fed to them that, you know, oh, he should be practicing, he should be playing. And, you know, Steph's playing with a broken hand, and Clay's playing on a busted knee, and Iguodala has a busted calf, and, you know, and Jordan, you know, everyone's kind of hurt, hurt and banged up. I think the players got frustrated, but I don't think quite to the extent they knew how much they were really hiding about that injury. And to me, that that was just bad. It was bad. It was a bad look all around. I think Myers deserves to get a lot of criticism for it. And I think around the league, the fucking crying, like, sack up, dude. You're a fucking adult. Like, you really got to grow up, man. Like, it's sports. I know you fucked the guy's career up, and I'm sure he's pissed at you. But you go out there and you, take the, you bite the bullet like a man. Like, the whole crying thing, like I'm just out, out on Bob Myers now. Like I can't, I can't back that guy. If we're thinking this, it's got to be going around player circles, right? I mean, like, does this impact Golden State's ability to build a team for the future with this kind of power structure that exists and the ownership? I mean, the ownership had bad looks too. 
like pushing Kyle Lowry in the finals. Like I know that wasn't the primary owner, but like that's part of your ownership group. Like, like there, there's a lot of, um, I don't know. I mean, a future of the, the uh, you know, the Dubs dynasty. Did we close the book on this? Is it, is it over, over? And are all of these little things, you know, just enough to keep them from, you know, being able to bounce back, uh, you know, with the healthy clay in, in two years and content? I, I don't think so. I think that they'll contend in two years and then they'll probably bounce back. And, you know, and honestly, you look at the league and the landscape, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, plus whatever else you can get, still might be the best trio in basketball. Probably not. Sure. At sure. that point, you'll probably have something else, but it, it's, it's certainly a possibility. I mean, Steph is a really good player. He showed that. Like, Outside of missing threes at the end of the game, which fuck you, yeah. Steph Curry, you asshole, for costing <laughs> me so much money. But oh, I get really? other seriously? than that, like, yeah, seriously, oh, that was bad. Have a flashback. Although, if we want to, hang on, if we want to rehash this, that should have been a goddamn tie game because they took a point away from Draymond Green from a three he made obviously in the first quarter. We could see it at freaking home without the slow motion close up. He made that three. They gave him two points. They never fixed it. It should have been a tie nope. game. Say it again. Uh, say it louder. Say it louder. No one's talking about this. Back. No one is talking about this. No one has said anything. I do not understand it. But congratulations, Raptors. You won fair and square. So let's move on. Unbelievable. Though, but they didn't fix that. They, they <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it's silly how we go. Whoa, you know. Oh, woe is me for the the poor warriors and, and everybody. Sure. Oh, the you know the dynasty's over. But I mean, before they had Durant, it was Steph and Clay and Draymond and a few other whatever they could muster together, which whatever was left. And I mean, that team that wasn't a bad team. And obviously, Clay's injury changes a lot of things. But two years from now. If he comes back from that and they keep they keep that core and bring in some other pieces, Steph Curry's still I mean, he's not a finals MVP, but he's an MVP kind of player. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I just don't know if they can bring right. other, I, you know, just be, between there, between their cap situation and between, you know, I, I just don't know if they can bring, uh, bring in enough uh, to put around them. Let's talk about uh, up, up and comers then real quick in the West. And then I want to get your take a couple of hot takes from you on the draft. Uh, Jazz contenders or frauds? Uh, frauds. Why do you say that about the Jazz out of curiosity? Spider Mitchell doesn't do it for uh, you. Uh, you know, Rudy no. Gobert is a defensive center. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're going to have a strong defensive team with Kai bringing in a guy like Conley to replace Rubio as an upgrade. Uh, you know, like, but but there does have a whiff of, of fool's gold about them. I just can't quite put my finger on it. What what do you, what is your what is your di- diagnosis? It feels it feels like the same team from last year, and to me, Conley just isn't much of an upgrade over Rubio. That, that, okay. And maybe 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 that's kind of fucked up for me to say, but I don't like Mike Conley that much. I think that maybe two years ago, you were looking at a totally different Mike Conley. Uh, well, that's I don't think that's I don't I, I don't think that's a, a misstatement, but I also d- don't hold Rubio very high. I think uh, I think he was a liability oh, for this fair. team. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, all right. Uh, they, uh, I mean, is Donovan Mitchell a star in this league? I mean, what what is the, what is the public perception of him right now among league league insiders? I mean, I I think you have to consider him a a, a star. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I think he's a star. Is he a superstar? Will you ever get to that level? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. How about the Nugs? Jokic is freaking for real. 
he couldn't he can single-handedly swing a playoff series in my opinion uh they have enough young pieces around them and some up-and-comers and some you know some dynamic pieces the nugs contenders or frauds um it, it's tough to me to get a really good read on them to be perfectly honest with you the way i look at them is they'll go as far as Jokic can really take them. So, you know, if he can continue to play at a high level, I think, you know, and, and play 48 minutes, I mean, that was really his big thing. When he came off the floor, they were screwed. So if he yeah, can continue right. to play at a high level, they're good. They're, they're good. They're golden. If he can't, man, they're in trouble. They're like a bubble playoff. Yeah. If he takes a step back at all in his development as a player, they're a bubble team. Yes, that would be the way I look at it. How about, uh, how about OKC? All is not well there. They're trying to move Steven Adams desperately. That contract is kind of an albatross. Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook. Is that the Aquaman you know, guy? Presumably. Uh, yeah, that's the Aquaman okay. guy. Thank you. Um, and uh, <laughs> Andy's on his game today. Well, I'm just trying play. to remember. Like, no, it is. You know, I mean, it's been a long time since I saw OKC play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, what, probably what forgot they were in the league in the West. Yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, what do, do we ever have hope for a Russell Westbrook-led team, a Paul George-led team to do anything in the playoffs? I mean, I don't – I have to be perfectly honest with you. I just think that you don't really impress me. Now, maybe if you can get Russell Westbrook to stop bricking literally everything under the fucking sun, then they have a chance. But until that guy stops wanting to take every single shot, maybe recognizes Paul George is a little bit better than him in shooting – I think they're I think they're in trouble. So no, I think they they need another big piece there. Maybe a James Harden. And, uh, you know, I think that they're, I think they're kind of in trouble right now. I just don't think Westbrook has what it takes to to win anything. Yeah. How about uh, Portland? Step forward Portland, or step back yeah. next year? Oh yeah. I mean, with Nurkic back, I like them. I mean, how how can you how can you not like them next year? But the fact is that again, they they're to me they're still light inside like if you really have to bank on myers leonard giving like 30 in a playoff game to even be in the game you're you're in trouble but yeah they have a chance next year depending on i mean again it kind of depends on where some of these free agents go like portland has a chance but they're saddled with the turner contract they're saddled with some stuff so i I don't know really what possibly you know how much forward progress they're going to make really, but Nurk, I mean, Nurkic getting back is, is a big thing for them. So let's yeah. see kind of what he looks like next year before we kind of go over the top with them. Is uh, is Dallas going to be like the Blog Boys uh, sleeper team? Everyone likes Dallas. Everyone's on Dallas winovers. Everyone thinks Dallas is being slept on next year. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the team you pinpoint and you say, of course. You know, everyone loves Don Chich and what he did this year. But a lot of these guys, I mean, everyone loved Donovan Mitchell, too, and he took a bit of a step back his second year. Not a big sophomore one. Slump is I think not a bit of a so- sophomore slump is a real thing, weirdly. Oh, yeah, it definitely. Is real. I mean, you know, Tatum, I mean, look, just look around the Tatum, league. So, yeah, yeah yep, 100%. To me, I think that there is – I think there's a chance that Dallas probably stagnates a little bit. You know, they'll probably be right in that, like, 9-10 slot. I don't think they're really any much to worry about unless – they maybe pull for you, maybe an hour for time. Mm, okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's end this by a couple draft props, a couple draft props. Uh, the NBA draft. When is it? Is it tomorrow? Today, if you're listening, it's yeah, Thursday, tonight. probably. And the NBA draft is tonight. 
Uh, it feels like the finals just ended because they did, and the turn the draft is right on the heels of it. There's no uh, no pussyfooting around, no waiting around for the for the NBA draft like in the NFL. Uh, we go right into this thing. Um, obviously, Zion Williams clear and obvious number one to the Pels. Presumably, Ja Morant number two to the Grizz. Uh, number three, Knicks. RJ Barrett, are you hearing anything different? Yeah, no, I mean, there, there was a little bit of talk that, uh, and I'm blanking on the kid's name right in front of me right now, um, that they were looking Garland, at the, the point Vanderbilt guard. Garland, Vanderbilt kid, Garland. Garland. Yeah. yeah, but to me, that, that doesn't really make any sense. They're super, super deep it's at that spot. It's the Knicks. I, I don't, <laughs> I, yeah, it is the, it is the Knicks. You're, you're right. It is the Knicks. But here's the thing. They declined the eight and ten picks in this draft for number three, which I think says all you need to know about this draft. Um, Barrett's at yeah. three is definitely going to be the guy. I mean, that that it makes the most sense. Anything else that uh, you especially uh, feel strongly about as you look across the NBA draft prop space? You want to give the people some winners? Well, I mean, you can uh, we go, let's go to the next pick. That's the it's not the who's pick. It's not who picks. It's I don't think we picked. can go to the next pick because I don't think we know who picks next. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not who, get, <laughs> not who gets picked. It's who picks in, at four. <laughs> who picks like, in four? Uh, yeah, that's, I'm curious what Dan thinks. Honestly, I think there's a good chance it might be Atlanta. The way yeah. that it looks, like Atlanta that. really wants to. Atlanta can't have like four first round picks on his roster. And the no. Pelicans this year is like the year where they can be like, oh, sure, we'll take like four first round up, picks. Yeah. See what works, see what doesn't. To me, I think Atlanta sneakily makes a, makes a move up there. It makes a lot of sense, especially if they want someone like Garland or they want, you know, they want, you know, uh, you know, Culver, the name that they've been kind of like been floated out attached to Atlanta a little bit. Like that would make a little bit of sense to me. I mean, Garland, to be honest, it doesn't really make any sense. So, yeah, you take yeah. a look and see, maybe you stay at 8 and 10 then. It depends. I do God, think there's I a chance that Anthony goes players. up there. I hate everyone That's after the thing. three. It, it, <laughs> They're so it's, bad. It's hard, man. It's hard. I mean, yeah. here, here, here's, what I, here's what I like. If you're going to make some, some wagers, here's what I like. First off, I think that Bull Bull is going to end up getting picked in the late teens to, to early 20s so Ooh. if you have like a if you have like an early bowl bowl prop you know dip it down i think that's going to be late teens early 20s from what it sounds like um brandon clark who everyone in this draft for whatever reason loves is going to be further down than i think people expect same yeah. with tyler harrow um he's another guy i think he's going to end up dropping you know and again, it's always misinformation season, so it's really hard to lock in something very strong. But sure. I feel much better about Clark being taken, you know, behind. And most props are like thirteen and a half, twelve and a half. I feel much, you know, with an over, an over thirteen and a half. There, I feel very good about Clark. When it comes to, um, you know, Harrow. I don't love it, but he's still a guy. I think Harold probably slips into like the mid twenties. We've seen a lot of guys like him, and so he's kind of the guy that you know. I think that there's a lot, you know, spot up shooters, whatever. I think that he's going to be a guy who also falls. Um, I can so see this too. I mean, those are the kind of. I think Hachimura is going to be a top ten pick, Ooh. which is interesting. Now his number's like thirteen and a half. Isn't it? Up. Yeah, so teams are like kind of propping him up. Which, again, oh, we should scare the shit out of you like a day or two before the draft. Like, again, misinformation. Yeah, if it's just posturing. Yeah. 
Well, right. So, it, it, but it does feel like there's a legit chance that Hachimura goes top ten. Like maybe he goes nine or ten, like right around that area. Like that, that would not be a major surprise. I also, and again, I, I don't want to freak anyone out here, but I do think that. Um, and again, I don't have the, I don't have anything in front of me. But the other kid from Duke is not Barrett and not Williamson. I'm blank on his name because I loved him so much, and it bothers me right now. But um, and maybe one of you guys can tell me the other kid from Duke is going to be drafted high. Um, <laughs> as soon as you said that, I blanked on it too. The kid who can't, the kid, the yeah. only kid who was the only kid who could shoot, uh, and yet shot like 33 percent from two. Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? The keys connected to LeBron and clutch and shit. God damn it, Andy, you're damn a college Reddish. basketball guy. You remember? Where where did Cam Reddish play? Cam Reddish, that's the guy. Cam Reddish, thank you. Cam Reddish, thank you. Um, yeah, so I think. Sit down. So I, I think that there's a chance that Reddish goes very high up, like, like five, six, like they're like in that range where Garland and Culver and uh, you know I think uh, you know like those kids are like kind of being talked about a little bit. Like I think that there's a very good chance that you know he maybe leaps up there, um, is ends up at four or five. Surprisingly enough, I, I mean you know. I don't really love anything that he did. And you really saw the roster this year. Like, he really, like, you know, Reddish really did not take a leadership role in that team at all, which was scary, which is pretty scary. Like, because he was very talented coming in the year. And a lot of people liked him more than Barrett. Um, but, like, he, he just he took a real big step back. I think he's the guy you could get, you know, that, that might be a pretty good player in the NBA. It might be kind of a sleeper if he develops type A personality a little bit more. And so I think teams are going to take him a little bit higher than what we've been kind of said. But personally, fellas, my favorite player in the draft, without question, is Bull Bull. And I know that is the – it's not the hottest take because he has the crazy upside and the crazy bust potential. And usually those guys I don't go for. But, man, I watched that kid play enough this year to know that kid is going to be special. I like, I like this. If he can stay relatively healthy, man, that kid is who I'm begging and praying Danny Ames to take on draft night. I love that kid. I think he's a legit, like, I think he's absolutely a legit, like, top 10 player in the NBA potential. Like, he has that, he has the ability to change the NBA landscape and, like, kind of change everything in the NBA. That's how I feel about him. He's, yeah. He's like a poor man's taco fall. I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was my jam. I love the Andy, up this year. Andy, uh, let me ask you. Um, okay, no, first of all, let's talk about the draft props for a hot second. The draft prop landscape in the offshore space is a fucking nightmare. It is a nightmare. They are oh, only they're they're giving you like not, fifty bucks. I, I was Which talking. To I want to say it, and I was gonna I was gonna talk about this because it was a little disappointing. Based on, I thought we saw a very nice offering for the NFL draft, I and I don't too. know, and maybe maybe it is the proximity between the end of the season and the draft. You know, kind of sneak it up, you know, like a week freaking later. But at the at the same time, like 
it's not that hard to just throw some lines up. If you want to, if you want to keep the limits low, that's fine. Whatever, just give some more options at least, because it has been very disappointing the menu that we've gotten for these NBA props. It just based on how many props they threw out there for the NFL draft. We were a lot of people who betted to that. Uh, your Joey Knishes, your people who were doing the prop thing like that. They, they even and the, you know Joey, he doesn't have anything good to say ever about anybody. And he, he actually, he was complimenting a few of the books that like, there's quite a few props up right now at DSI and things like that. And yeah, this year, the, the, and I guess I can't remember what we had last year, but yeah, the NBA offering isn't great. Five Dimes has a nice little list. And other than that, it's, it's not great. Yeah. And Five Dimes for all of the great props they hung up, which is like, what, like 25 of them. Some of the limits are like 1250. Do you see this? Like the limits are stupid it's low. Wild. I, 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 it's wild. I get it. You don't want us to bet on these. Fine, I get it. Uh, but the ones that are up, if you want, you know, if you wanted some some lunch money on it, I guess uh, Hatchermora. Uh, I had that circled as well. I heard I had heard that the Timberwolves have kind of promised him that they won't let him slide past them, and the Timberwolves pick what like eleventh or something like that. His number Six. his number is thirteen and a half. Uh, so under thirteen so and a half, Hachimura makes a ton. Of, I have a Hachimura under. Um, and, um, this kid, uh, Seku Dumboye, uh, he Dumboye. has, yeah. he has a ton he's of a, comps. A, he has a ton of comps. Pascal, to, um, Siakam, Pascal right? Siakam, exactly. And, and yeah, the fact that, that Siakam, that's what I keep hearing. He said, yeah, the fact that Siakam, uh, just emerged on the scene, won an NBA finals and every, I, I bet you like half of the NBA GMs would give up their entire team to build a team around Siakam right now for the next like five years, just because of his potential and his emergence and his growth that we've seen to this point. And this always trickles into, you know, coveting like a guy who's in that mold. And that's uh, that in this, uh, this draft is Seku. Uh, and he's sitting at uh, under nine and a half right now, which I like as well. Well, that's true. Uh, that Hachimura, yeah. That and it looks like it's the same price now. But watch too. There, I have seen on dimes, and maybe it'll be elsewhere. There's a Brandon Clark, like almost like matchup. Who's drafted first? I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's essentially there. the same. That's essentially the same bet because I think that's kind of if all if it all falls apart and he doesn't go to the Timberwolves, that's the that's the pick at eleven. I would think. Yeah, I, I first th- over Brandon Clark is a banger. I love yeah. that look. That, love that. That, look. that probably. Yeah. I mean, that's probably used money there too. Yeah, the only book that's taking reasonable limits that I've seen out there is Bookmaker. Their bookmaker. options. Bookmaker. Always Bookmaker. Garbage. Their options are so bad though. Yeah. Like, there's just nothing good I'm, to to pick on. I'm hoping that they put up some more stuff tomorrow. Um, the other Hopefully thing that was interesting win. and is uh, the other thing that was interesting that I, that I saw and to me. This has not been relayed to me, but is it is interesting. So Kelvin Kelvin Johnson refused to work out with the Pacers at eighteen, which means that. that you would expect him to have a promise above that. So you know his props are like twenty one and a half or twenty and a half. Like to me, that that's a nice little risk there too. Like a nice little under there, just just based off the fact. And again, it's possible maybe he doesn't want to go to Indiana, and that's certainly possible. But 
I take a you know a little bit again. We're talking about fucking fifty dollar limits here, so I mean you know some some yeah. lunch money on that. I don't think is a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, this, this is yeah we're building bankrolls here, buddy. Um, yeah, no, I, seriously, <laughs> it's but no, I, I like I like that look a lot. That 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 and you know what? Like if we learned anything from the NFL draft, like those were the kind of angles that were the most profitable. Like betting on oh, guys great. who betting on guys who were going to slide because you caught wind that they had injury concerns, or betting on guys on the high side because you heard you know a team absolutely coveted them and you knew they weren't going to go past like those were the most actionable angles by far and so that's that's an interesting uh interesting uh nugget there because clearly if he didn't have a promise why wouldn't you go work out for the pacers especially if he's a kentucky guy what does he carry well why, why wouldn't he want to go to pacers so yeah it's a it's a, sure, it's a good 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 look um all right man well thank you for your time dan yeah this dan, as much lot, fun man. as i had hoped i could gossip and talk about the nba for another hour or two hopefully people uh who listen to our podcast aren't like oh great thanks for another nba pod uh but uh you know it's the off season <laughs> We don't have much. We're, we're going to do an MLB pod next week. Uh, yeah. you know, we're, NBA we're really offseason is better than NBA regular season. That's not, that's I mean, not good, for debate. Seriously. Yeah, good <laughs> fucking luck with the MLB, though. That's, that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, what are we talk about? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about the Red Sox sucking all the whole time and the Yankees hitting four on turning up anchors. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, take care. Thank you again for all your time. This was a ton of fun. Uh, best of luck uh, with your NBA draft props. Best of luck with your free agency props, which I know we are kind of in the same boat on a lot of things we would like to see go as expected and get uh, a nice little summer bonus. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll reach out to you to get a, you know get get the check the temperature on the Celtics as we round into uh, uh, you know round into 2019 2020 form. Uh, if not, uh, something else fun sooner. So thanks again. And, uh, of course, uh, where can people track down, um, some of the stuff you're putting out there? I know you're, you guys are, it's on the radio. Yeah. You guys are flying high in radio (laughs) space and the podcast space. Where can people track you down? Yeah, so you guys can listen to uh, stuff. Uh, we obviously work for uh, at, at 98.5 Sports Hub in Boston as the radio station, uh, but a lot of quality content there. Those guys who do, you know, our, our talent on air every day is pretty good uh, if you want to listen to that. Uh, my podcast with a guy named Joe Murray, who's just, you know, straight shooter from, uh, you know, the, the boonies of Massachusetts and honestly is uh, just, you know, he's a funny-ass dude, man. He really is. Uh, over under nine eight five, we fucking we actually had a pretty good year. We did we did pretty well, um, and so you know hopefully we'll continue that. And uh, you know we're also I'm also going to do an NBA podcast tonight with uh, Jimmy Stewart, who's the uh, producer of Felder and Mass. So we'll be doing that. And if you want to catch my Twitter shit, whatever you know, it's all sorts of fun on the Twitter sphere. I won't be nice to you by the way. It's uh, at Dan Lipschitz, L-I-F-S-H-A-T-Z. <laughs> Have fun with that if you want to. Uh, you know, just see me being an asshole. It's totally cool. Get after it. Get after it. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot as we say goodbye. Uh, buying or selling the Patriots in 2019? Uh, I'm selling them. I think they're. I do not think they're repeating next year. I think they're. Uh, I think maybe the year after they have a chance. But I'm going to sell them this year. I still think they went over 11 games, though. I still think they went over 11 games, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. No, again they still are in the AFC East. So, are they going to the AFC title? Oh shit! Um, you know what? Let me be a little bit bold. I'm gonna say no this year. I'm gonna say no. Say a little bit of a down year with the mass exodus of the coaches, yes. and then you know next year I think things will line up a little bit better. I'm gonna say no. 
Chargers, Ch- Chargers, Colts, something like that. Something like oh, that. Oh, don't even get me all excited. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I, know, I want to talk what? football so bad. I know. Fucking Colts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking NFL, man. Uh, no, you know what? Let, let me let me let me sleep on that one. I, okay. We might have to talk to you this fall. Yeah, we'll 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 yeah we'll we'll uh, we'll circle back on you as you can as as we learn more about these teams. Um, all right, man. Thanks again. Best of luck. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the NBA off season. Uh, and uh, you know, we're we're only a couple weeks away from football being a real thing again. Oh so my God, yeah. happy happy, happy, happy off season. Football. Football's around the corner. Space Jam two principal shooting is <laughs> going. Lots of stuff. The long national nightmare oh, is over. We have cast for yeah. Space Jam two. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Dan. <laughs> All right, take care. Of course, guys. Have a good one.